Gracious God, may only your words be spoken and your words be heard. Amen. Earlier this week, when I was looking for some language to include in the service leaflet by way of explaining the season of Advent, I was scrolling through All Souls' website and looking at the various pages, and while I didn't find any language in there about the season of Advent, I did read and then reread several times the mission statement of All Souls Cathedral. Many of you are familiar with it, you are reminded of it on a regular basis, but there was a, a line in particular in the mission statement that seems to get right after the spirit of this Advent season. And the line is this. We worship a God who gets involved in the messy beauty of creation. We worship a God who gets involved in the messy beauty of creation. It goes on to say that likewise, we seek to be a community involved in the challenges and celebrations of our community outside the physical walls of the cathedral in Asheville, Western North Carolina, in the wider world. I've come to believe over the years that the church has a early Christmas present for us, and it's called the season of Advent, this four-week season of anticipation, of preparation, of counting down the days until Christmas. Christmas, when we celebrate the astonishing and potentially life-transforming news that God, God's own self, became one of us. What we look forward to during the season of Advent is the event of that first Christmas that we celebrate every Christmas. What's called the good news of great joy that in the person of Jesus, God became human. I do think it is a present to us, given to us by the church, but at first, especially in the early weeks of Advent, it doesn't seem like much of a present that you would want. Once again, the good news of great joy doesn't at first sound like good news of great joy, because Advent customarily starts out with a call to repentance. We hear these harsh words from John the Baptist, criticizing the religious leaders of his day, telling them to bear fruits worthy of repentance. He uses the imagery of an axe cutting away at an unfruitful tree. He makes a reference to Jesus not as a newborn baby, but as one who's carrying a winnowing fork, separating wheat from chaff, storing the wheat and burning the chaff. It doesn't seem like such good news, this call to repentance. But if you look again at the word repentance itself, and if you dig a little deeper into the word repentance, it does show us that the church's gift of Advent repentance truly is a gift. As you know, the word repentance has two closely related meanings, depending on whether the word repentance has been translated from the Hebrew or from the Greek. And they have a similar but slightly different sense as it goes forward from that meaning. 
If it's the Hebrew word that's being translated into the word repentance or repent, it carries the meaning of repentance as a turnaround, a change of course, a reversal of direction. If it's the Greek word that's being translated as the word repentance, metanoia, it's more of a sense of a change of one's mind, a a change of one's heart, a transformation of one's heart, a shift of world view. Or, my favorite translation of metanoia, wrap your mind around this. Either way, repent is a call for change. It's a call for a transformation. And why calls for repentance may not initially sound like good news to us, they can in fact be good news. Think of prophets, both ancient prophets and contemporary prophets, who often call us to repent. One of the best definitions I've ever heard of prophets, and therefore of repentance, is that prophets are people who tell us that we are going the wrong way. People who tell us that we're going the wrong way, heading the wrong direction, that's not easy to hear. And sometimes their message is not even welcome. But we do, at one level, want to hear it, and we certainly need to hear it. For example, let's say that you and a friend decided that you were going to fly out of the airport in Greenville, South Carolina, an hour or so south of here. You get in the car, you start driving, and you head north on Interstate 26. You're barreling through Weaverville, and you're starting to see signs for Johnson City, Tennessee. Your friend says, uh, you're going the wrong way. Now, what would your reaction be to that statement? Would you think to yourself, Will you stop being so negative? We're making good progress. We're going 65 miles an hour. We've got great music here. Why do you always have to focus on the negative? No, at one level, while you don't want to hear this news that you're going the wrong way, you really need to hear that message because otherwise you wouldn't start looking for an exit ramp and a U-turn. You wouldn't have the ability to change course, reverse direction, and start making actual progress instead of the illusion of progress. And so, as we hear in the beginning of this worship service, in this litany of Advent, when we hear words like we confess that we have sinned against you, in thought and in word and in deed, by what we have done and left undone, we have not loved God with our whole heart and mind and strength, we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves, we have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. We have squandered the resources of God's creation and been insensitive to the needs of generations yet to come. Can we hear that as a call to reverse course, as a call to change direction? Can we hear that as, as an opportunity, as a chance to change our worldview, to see things in a different way? If we can hear it in those words, John's call to repentance would be literally change course, reverse direction, change your mind and worldview, wrap your head around this. The kingdom of God has come near. Bear fruit worthy of a changed course and a reverse direction. 
a changed mind and a changed worldview. Advent is a gift to us because Advent is an annual invitation to change course, to adopt a different way of seeing the world. Advent is an annual invitation to wrap our heads around the astonishing and potentially life-transforming good news of great joy that in the person of Jesus, God became human. Wrap your mind around that. The, the event that Advent prepares us for and points us to is the incarnation, the enfleshment, the taking on of flesh of God. It is the will of God. It is the love of God now in flesh appearing. Advent invites us to live our lives in that reality, to wrap our minds around the reality of God, not as some vague, ethereal concept, but as God involved in the world, actively involved, not generally in human history, but specifically in each of our histories. Advent is not an escape from culture. Instead, Advent... During Advent, the church insists that Christmas is about God with us in the middle of our lives, in the middle of our busyness. Advent is an annual invitation, in other words, to anticipate the good news of great joy of every Christmas that God is near. And it invites us to live our lives, to wrap our minds around the reality of God as one of us lifting humanity into the divine. So to slightly paraphrase that mission statement of all souls, we seek to be a community involved in the challenges and celebrations of our community outside the physical walls of this cathedral in Asheville, Western North Carolina, in the wider world, because, as we are reminded, each Advent and Christmas, we worship a God who gets involved in the messy beauty of creation. Amen.